This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 491 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddlefit. Tonight, we are doing a wrap-up for the USDF Finals with interviews with Bridget Hay, Marta Renilia, Anart Shanka, and Kristen Brown from the USDF. We'll keep Bridget on for a Total Saddlefit trainer tip. This is Reese Goffler-Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil! Hi, Hi Reese. I hope from now on you're going to be nice to me, even though I got that intro wrong like 10 times. <laughs> well, you didn't have to tell everyone. It was, we were a little, we were punch, punching, because it's actually cold where we are, and I think we're just out to frosting from the day. It was <laughs> We've had a long day training horses, yeah. Yes. And- I'm getting, yeah, the, it, getting the intros wrong and everything <laughs> wrong, and we were giving laughing. me nasty nicknames here on the show tonight. <laughs> it's not true. It's kind of true. We were laughing, though. Um, but everybody, welcome to the show. It really is a cold, cold, rainy, disgusting night in Kentucky. I can only imagine. In Canada, it's probably snowing. It's here snowing. we have. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, we have the wintry mix, which is always That's you know, worse, your favorite. It's the worst. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's awful. We have actually really dangerous roads, and it's it's not nice. It was not the horses. We didn't even turn them out till it was it was late because it was just icing and gross. So it, winter has come. It was actually quite yucky here last week for the U.S. Finals. Everyone was a, a really big trooper. Hey, um, we crossed our fingers for you and everything. I know it didn't work so well. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, but but you're here. We have a great show. We'll get into it. We actually have quite a long show tonight because uh, it's been a busy week. It was busy here in, in Lexington last week. So we're going to start off with um, Bridget Hay. She's going to tell us about how her two uh, wonderful horses did here at the U.S. Finals. Well, we are so excited to have Bridget Hay, FEI rider and trainer and winner of the Intermediate 2 at the U.S. Finals on the show. Bridget, welcome. Thank you. Hi. We're so happy to have you back. It's much easier the second time, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you were just in Kentucky. We were chatting off air that I missed you. You were here all week, and I just, we never caught up when you were here. Um, but wow. I, know, I never you, saw you. I know. <laughs> did your, your boy and young lady were fantastic. Can you tell us a little bit about, first, let's start with your winning horse with uh, Master Phelan. How did that go? He was awesome. He sometimes in the warm up, you know, you get on and you think, oh, they're a little tight or this or that. And he, he actually felt super. I had my actually I had Alice helping me in the warm up. My friend Alice Tarsus, um, and she was down there because she had just done an awesome I two herself. So I always ask my friends' opinions. So um, no, he went in there and I screwed up the first payoff. I overrode that, which annoyed my crap out of myself. But he otherwise, I mean, he put in a super test. That horse tries his heart out. And I was just, I, I was so happy with him. I actually started smiling during the test and I was so excited with my boy. He's just so rock solid for me, always in the ring. Yeah. Can you tell us a little he bit about is, him? He's nine. He is a homebred, which I think most people know. He's by Freestyle, who's a floor stand son. Um, he, this year we did the developing Grand Prix in Chicago. Um, last year I talked to you guys after he did the festival of champions here at Gladstone when it was in New Jersey. And he is just the sweetest horse. 
he has so many people that if you meet him, he makes you feel like you're the only person in the world. He's so funny. People that know him just love him because mm-hmm. he's just a big bush in the stall and he's a sweetheart. But when I ride, he, that horse knows when he's in the show ring and he tries always harder for me in the ring than he ever does. I mean, not that he doesn't try in the warm up, but he gives you that much more in the ring, which I've never had a horse like that. That's a fantastic feeling. So how did you prepare for the national finals this year? Did you go to Devon? I, I don't remember. I did. So we did. That was tough, too, because I hadn't schooled that test. So Devin was tough because we didn't do the I2. We did the IA and B, which, oh, my God, that was a really hard test because it's the walk to the Piaf. And that did not go so well the first day because I had not had time to school that test because the week before that we did regionals. So he did regionals in Saugerties, which is region eight. And he won the I2 up there. Um, I scratched him from the Grand Prix because I just thought it was too much for him because he's only nine. Um, and then we did the medium tour at Devon, which the first day was not so great because the walk to Piaf was really hard. And I overrode the one pirouette and we had a mistake. And then we actually missed that change, which was my fault. So I was like so bummed the first day at Devon. But Saturday was a much better test. And then he had at least had like, what, a month, I think, until we had about five or six weeks then until Kentucky. So that was nice. We could just work on the I2 again, which is a much better test for us. Um, I just, I really like that test. It just flows so nicely. I had a feeling going into it in Kentucky that he could do well, but I never, of course, expected to win. I just knew he had a shot to be competitive. So I only focused really actually on that test. That's fantastic. And you also brought your young mare as well, right? Yes. I brought Fauna, who I also bred. She's by the same father as Phelan. She's a seven-year-old by freestyle. I actually am lucky enough. I don't actually own her anymore, but Amy has left her with me for a couple of years who Amy Price actually bought her from me. And Fauna, uh, we did the, uh, I, the I1 freestyle and the pre-St. George. And she's, she's come so far this past year. She's only seven. So this is all really new for her. She did her first CDI at Devon. She did really well at regionals and Saugerties. So she and, she and Phelan were on the same show pattern this year. So, um, those two shows were back to back, which was tough. Um, and then in Kentucky, Fauna can be like a little bit lookier than Phelan. Like he's like really rock solid. He doesn't look at anything. He's quite unflappable. Like he doesn't care about the environment at all. Fauna is very good. And I actually was surprised that in the Altec, she was looking more than I expected. So, and we had some mistakes in the, through tension and the changes in the I-1 freestyle which i wasn't expecting because of but it was from the atmosphere and i'm like okay she's only seven so she's such a good kid though i mean that horse has come so far but i mean i was so happy with her she still got i think a 68 but um i knew it could be so much better but it was that's a lot for her in there and i um and she just needs more time and experience but i was really happy with them both so and Phelan, yeah he just doesn't look at anything he's so cool he's like (laughs) <laughs> Nothing faces that horse. So. <laughs> that is that is so cool. So after was this your first trip to the US finals? No, we've been there. I've been there uh the last couple of years. Like last year I only took Fauna because I put Phelan in the CDI and I didn't do regionals and Saugerties that year. Uh the year before but he went as a seven year old in the pre Saint George and I won. He went as a six year old in the fourth level and he was reserved champion actually that year as a six-year-old in the open fourth level and and he went as a five-year-old in the second level and fauna went as a five-year-old i think this, this is her third year too she's gone the last two years also 
in fourth level last year, and I think second level as yeah, because last year she would have been six. So as a, as the five year old, she went to second level. So yeah, they've oh. gone every year. So that's awesome. But, that's You're a strong supporter of the finals. Obviously, you enjoy the show. And have you noticed anything different oh, yeah. over, over the years? Like, is it changing? Is it? I mean, well, I, I think we've heard that year. the quality I of think, the competition is is getting better and better. Yes, it's getting better. I noticed. I think they made it a little harder for the qualifying because the open pre Saint George class was actually quite small this year. It's it can be huge sometimes, and that was really small. Whereas the I one freestyle class was huge, but um, it definitely. I think they said there were a lot more entries this year. Well. There were yes, they had an extra ring running than they didn't have last year. I remember, and it was definitely cold this year. Wow, I was yes. thankful that I never had to ride Phelan outside. He yes. he only showed inside, and I would get up at five a.m. so that I could ride him. You know, because he was done showing on, you know, on the very first day of the show. So, but he was stuck there because I had to show her. So I rode him really early every morning in the Altex because I was like, I'm not riding him outside. It's too cold for this. Carol, so, you didn't call your friend but, Reese. He has a nice indoor, warm indoor, 10 minutes from the horse park. Is, Just, is, is your indoor heated? No, not like the Altec. It's not oh. heated. It was still cold. It was a very cold it was week. Cold. But overall, I mean, what, what would you tell people if they're looking um, to come to Kentucky? What are some takeaways? That I think if you qualify, do it because yeah. you might not always qualify. And it's hard to qualify. And it is such a fun show other than the cold. But I mean... Really, I have to say, we were spoiled. We went from the heated barn into the Alltech arena where we would compete, and then we would hang out in the Alltech. So we didn't have to suffer that much in the cold. I showed Fauna outside, though, on Sunday morning when it was 23 degrees, and you know, that was not very fun. But, I mean, it, it is such a fun show because you see everybody from the whole country. There's a lot of riders from California there, which blows my mind because I, that's really far. So I think you should go. Anyone that qualifies should go. Yeah, I agree with that. I always tell people that, you know, that you really, if you qualify, you should go. It's really fun. And uh, we're so glad you were able to come and come to the horse show. And we look forward to next year. And uh, thank you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. And how can our listeners find you online if they're interested to hear more about your program? The best way to get me is just on my, uh, my own personal Facebook pages. I don't even have a website. But you can find me on Facebook. My page is public, so pretty much anybody can find that. Um, that's probably the best way to get in touch with me. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. It was nice talking to you guys. Well, right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, we're going to come back from Kristen Brown. She's going to give us a wrap-up on all the fantastic awards that were given uh, this last week at the U.S. Finals. The sun is just peeking above the tree line as you walk into the barn. You grab your horse's halter off the hook and head out to the field. The dew shimmers in the sun as you walk across the damp grass. You call his name and his head comes up as he walks toward you looking for the apple in your pocket. You take your time grooming, enjoying the peace and quiet in the empty barn. A refreshing breeze greets you as you start down the tree-lined path. Your horse ambles along on a loose rein as you both enjoy a relaxing ride. The feeling you get on an early morning hack is why we do what we do at Kentucky Performance Products. This feeling is brought to you by Microphase. 
fill the nutritional gaps in your horse's diet. Microphase Vitamin and Mineral Supplement is a low-calorie way to provide your horse with the vitamins and minerals missing from their diet. The horse that matters to you matters to us. Well, tonight for our USDF US National Finals sort of wrap-up, we have Kristen Brown. She's the Senior Competitions Coordinator from USDF. Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you. We're so happy to have you, even if we are having terrible weather here in Lexington, and so you're being such a sport to have us uh, on the show. So we're, we're excited to have you. So uh, can you give us a little bit of wrap-up of um, the winners from this, this week? We had such a great week of competition here. We did. We had a fabulous week of competition. Um, the U.S. Dressage Finals has six perpetual trophies with the seventh one, uh, a new one being added this year that was phenomenal. It's a huge silver cup. Um, so we have a total of seven perpetual trophies that we awarded this year. Um, the beginning, the oldest perpetual trophy was the Janine Westmoreland Perpetual Trophy, which goes to the pre-St. George Adult Amateur Champion. And Hannah Hewitt, riding her horse Finden, won that trophy. And then following that, we have the Calaveras County Perpetual Trophy, which is awarded to our Grand Prix Freestyle Adult Amateur Champion. And the always classy uh, Yana Rumbo, riding her horse Armas Zumbul, took that away. He's a beautiful Spanish horse. And then... Um, we have the Veronica Holt Perpetual Trophy, which is awarded to our Grand Prix Open champion. And James Kilford riding the beautiful Adaya HP, uh, a Frisian sport horse mare, took that trophy this year. And the Mickey Christofferson Perpetual Trophy, which is awarded to our Pre-St. George Open champion, uh, was won by Fifi MLW with Nora Batchelder riding. And just as an off note, uh, Nora won this champ this uh, trophy last year as well, riding Pharaoh SQS. And then we have the Jasmine Perpetual Trophy, um, which is in uh, in honor of Donna Richardson's in California horse Jasmine. It goes to the Grand Prix Freestyle Open champion, and James Coford riding Adaya HP won this trophy, as he did as well in 2017. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. We had him on our show last year as the winner of the yeah. freestyle. So congratulations yeah. to Jim. If, if anybody wants to listen to that episode from last oh, year as well, he gives a great interview. What an entertaining guy. And he loves to ride yeah. those freestyles, doesn't he? He does. And Adaya HP is a fabulous mover. If you ever get to see that mare go in person, she's just phenomenal. Um, and then the new perpetual trophy we have this year is the George W. Wagner Jr. Perpetual Trophy, which goes to our Grand Prix Adult Amateur Champion. And the um, winner was from New Jersey, Alice Tarjan, riding her horse, Candescent. And then we have um, our last perpetual trophy goes to the highest scoring FEI mare. And this is the Lloyd Landhammer Perpetual Trophy. And this was awarded to Fifi MLW, who is owned and ridden by Nora Batchelder. And again, Fifi MLW got this trophy again in 2017. So she's on a roll as well. Wow. 
That is so cool. Well, Fantastic. you know, you, and, yeah. and it's true at the national championship too. A, a lot of breeds have awards. I mean, you go up to the table, and it's unbelievable how many big fancy coolers and awards that you guys organize every year. Yeah, we had um, 34 organizations participate in the High Score Breed Awards, and they offered some beautiful, beautiful um, assortment of awards, um, all the way from uh, saddle pads to trophies to jackets. I mean, there was just a, a huge assortment, a lot of halters to choose from. It's a beautiful display for sure. It is. It is. Well, it's and so a lot cool. of breeds just... being represented. Yeah, uh, I like that. All the different horses you can see at that show. I mean, it, it just goes to show versatility, you know, in our sport and how, you know, you don't you don't necessarily need uh, the fanciest warm blood to compete. I mean, I, I really like that, how the breed societies come out and and support their horses and and, uh, you know, any horse can, you know, any horse can compete in dressage. That's really fantastic. Yeah, we even had a Shire win a high score breed award this year. So that was really, that was really special. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, I love it. Well, Kristen, anything else um, that you like to kind of share with us from the week? Because it was quite a week. It was. If you haven't had a chance to attend the U.S. Dressage Finals, it should be on every dressage person's bucket list because it is, it is an event that is not to be surpassed. It is just fabulous. The competition, the vendors, um, everything that you can participate in. It's just a great event. If you love dressage, you should go to the U.S. Dressage Farm. It is true. It is really true. It is worth coming and coming to Kentucky. And every year it just gets bigger and better. And it's it's so cool. So, Kristen, if anybody has any questions on the trophies that were won this year, any questions to ask you, how can they find you online? They can find me on the USDF website under contact. Um, I am uh, able to be reached in several different venues from all breeds awards to writer awards. Um, but they could also call me, um, just call the USDF office and ask to speak with me. And I'm happy to answer anybody's questions regarding um, not only the U.S. Dressage Finals Awards, but any USDF award from year-end awards to all breeds. We have a very, very diversified awards program, and I'm happy to speak with people and assist them in attaining their goals. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for your time tonight. We look forward to seeing all the awards next year. I hope it's even better for next year. Well, Phil, I'm really excited about this next interview with Marta and Anarts. Um, and they are from Texas and they both just became U.S. citizens. They're from Spain, but they both became U.S. citizens. And I think this is a real touching interview of a husband and wife, but also um, brand new U.S. citizens so they could participate in the U.S. Uh, dressage finals. So I hope you enjoy. Well, tonight we are so happy to have Anarts and Marta from the Woodlands, Texas on the show. Welcome, you two. Hi. Thank you. Well, we are so excited. You guys are the power husband and wife couple, and we don't do these very often, do we, Phil? No, I mean, it's it's rare that we get a husband and wife. Hopefully, they won't argue too much, <laughs> and, we won't, and, we, and we won't get I anybody into trouble. <laughs> Exactly. Well, first of all, we you guys are, are back home where it's warm from the U.S. finals. Um, it was quite a cold week here last week, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. 
Exactly. Before it was Martha. freezing, but we were, uh, I mean, at least in the FEI levels, it was uh, a dream arena, no? So it was so pleasant to warm up and show in that big ring. And arts had to ride outside, but still the sunny days uh, made it for it. So besides the day that rains, I think uh, the place is so beautiful that at least me on Sunday, uh, we did enjoy a lot, even with the cold weather, the, the atmosphere. That's great. That is true. If you're the FEI horses are all inside, and that's a great venue. It's it, but if you're in the younger group, you are outside, and it was cold here. But first of all, we have to congratulate you both. If I'm not mistaken, you both became U.S. citizens recently, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we did. I think uh, Martha was around uh, two months ago, roughly. So we actually, when I met her, uh, Martha. Uh, she was about to, to get the green card, and so I was. It was through different routes, uh, both of us through our uh, employers. But then it was a coincidence that we got it the same year. And five years later, once you have the green card, you um, can apply for citizenship. I did that myself because uh, Marta is typically very busy with the farm and everything. And <clears throat> that kind of falls into my... Uh, the part of the things that I do in the family. <laughs> so I send the uh, both applications at the same time. Ian, and obviously Marta, uh, being as lucky as she's always, she got on the, the uh, fast line and she got her citizenship probably two months prior in September or so, prior to the um, finals. So she knew that she, if she qualified, she was good to go. In my case, uh, I was it was later. So I still thought I had a chance. And uh, what happened is that I got my interview scheduled for October 30th. So yeah, that was very close to the to the final. So I still thought that, you know, there was a chance to it. So I, um, I um, did the declaration of nomination, all, all the steps that you have to do uh, to the last moment when you had to do the entries and I did qualify at third and fourth level with my horse Superman. And so when it was the, the 30th, I passed my interview and I requested an expedited, uh, oath ceremony, which is the last step to do before becoming a citizen. And so they told me it was possible, but time was not really on my side. It had to happen in a week. So it got down to, uh, fr- last Friday, um, wow. I had to make a decision on what I would do with the horse, either ship him or not, because I haven't heard from uh, I haven't heard from uh, USCIS Immigration Services. So, anyways, came to Monday morning, and I decided not to load my horse on the truck that was going to Kentucky with Martha's horses, because at that point I had to be called for an inter- for an ceremony, and it had to happen Monday or Tuesday, really, because from Wednesday I would have to travel. So. Five hours after Martha's horses left, they called me from USCIS and they told me I could do a, a no ceremony on Tuesday morning. So that was very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you could cut it any closer. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, whoa, I didn't realize it was this close. Oh, my gosh. Because, again, you have to be correct, a U.S. citizen to ride in the U.S. dressage finals. You can you can ride exactly. in regionals, but you have to be a citizen to ride in the national championships. So keep going with this story. Now we're now we're in. Yeah. What happened next? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, you, the rule is you have to be a citizen by the time of the competition. 
So the, I mean, come October 25th, I had to, by midnight, I had to make the decision. Do I want to actually process the entries and pay for them and everything? And I was optimistic that it could happen. So I did. So I had to pay for the entries, everything. Um, I felt bad for uh, the people that were in line behind me because I was thinking maybe I was running somebody else's chance to go. Uh, like because maybe in the short notice, uh, they wouldn't be able to go. So I told the federation about that. And yeah, we all agreed that timing was a little bit weird. Uh, and, and probably that's not going to happen ever again. <laughs> uh, but anyway, anyways, I decided to. Uh, call a couple of the people I knew that were in line and they told me that were, they were not thinking about going anyways. So um, that made me feel better. But uh, so anyways, come that day on Monday night, I decided I needed to find a shipper or um, ship the horse myself after the Oscar money and drive all the way there. But that was uh, not feasible either because I have a job and a family and everything else. So uh, I was going to do that. Um, but, um, logistically it was not working, but thankfully I found a shipper that, uh, came to pick up Superman, my horse at 3 AM on, um, Monday to Tuesday, uh, AM and shipped the horse to Dallas. And from Dallas, I found a, um, a shipper that would go all the way to Kentucky. So basically the horse had a connection in, in Dallas. Oh, and then I did my oath ceremony on Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning I got a a plane and I arrived right at the same time the Superman to the Kentucky horse park. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, the timing wise it was pretty yeah, pretty it crazy. was meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know the good thing is after that, um uh, I didn't care about anything, like show nerves, <laughs> nothing. There was nothing. Yeah, you weren't nervous about the no. show or you know no not at all like just being there was just such a such a gift uh like two days prior i was not thinking i was going to be able to be there showing just watching marta so uh the fact that superman was there i was there showing for first uh time and the final it was such a such a nice uh thing to experience so so yeah it being your first finals for both you guys martha i was wondering if maybe you could uh could tell us a little bit about your impressions of your first finals and how it went for you and your your horses. Well, it was uh, it was amazing. Uh, first time, first year showing Grand Prix with the Grand Prix horse Cap Gamarofon, the Spanish horse, and uh, first season as well for Coronado. He's only eight, uh, doing uh, the small tour pre Saint George Taiwan. So both of them are new in those levels, but I. The atmosphere was amazing, no? It's, uh, I felt uh, ready to go, and even though I knew my horses are not really 100% solid on those levels, uh, they did their best they could in the moment we are right now. So for me, it was a win for, for me and my horses. And my, my best feeling was that uh, I felt the horses are strong to handle a sheep, that is really, really far away from home, and they they never give up in the arena for me until the last day. They gave me their best and were strong to do it. And seeing so many riders, you know, I, I remember being sitting and watching the other riders and be like, oh, my God, what a horse, and what a horse, and what a horse, no? So being able to enjoy the other riders and the level of riding and horses that were shown with me was a pleasure, no? 
so uh, I really enjoy the the high competition around me and be able to be part of them. That is really cool because I I've known Marta I've known you for quite a while and this has been a dream of yours is to compete in this competition and so it's so fun and and Anarts how did the show go for you and Superman? Uh, It was actually pretty good I can't complain. Um, The third level the first day was raining it was in the morning it was raining and it was cold. It was Um, cold and yeah so it it was everything. And so, and it was a little wind too, just to to top it up. So Superman was a little bit uh, frisky the first day. Uh, he's a very hot horse, uh, Sanomar, um, and very very hot. The the day before, uh, so the day that he arrived and and we warm up, he was uh, pretty yeah, full of himself and enjoying himself, uh, and it was fun because I I love that, but. I was thinking that I would need probably like around 30, 40 minutes of warm up. Um, and, but then I got on him the day of the competition, which was Friday. And actually he was pretty flat, which it kind of surprised me. Um, so I didn't, I didn't want to warm up. So I had like 15 minutes extra to just walk. Cause I did, I wanted all his energy, uh, in the arena. And so once I got to, uh, I entered the arena, just being outside with everything going on, he got pretty uh, energetic, and it was, and we had a great test. I really liked that was a third level test. Um, there was a little mistake before the uh, transition to Canner. Uh, he anticipated and he kind of piaffed a little bit, um, and after that, he was. I mean, besides that, I think in general it was a pretty good, uh, solid test. Uh, we got a sixty-nine, and we were fifth on a very competitive class. Um, so I was very happy with that. And then <clears throat> the next day, we did the fourth level. Now thinking about the previous day, I went only with uh, 20, 25 minutes of warm-up. And this time, he was really, really hot. So I needed another probably 10 minutes, uh, which I didn't have. So we won in the arena, and he was a little bit extra hot in the first um extended he cantered uh it was totally my fault um for not preparing him enough and i kind of took it for granted that he was going to just like do a nice extended try as he typically does um and after that i think there was, like that was the the mistake and there was maybe a little battle on the way back uh which he was he kind of walked before the the halt but nothing major so I think I could have um, scored a little bit higher. Uh, we had a 68 off, roughly, like 67.9, I think. And we were fifth again. Um, <clears throat> this one, I think that I could have placed higher and I could have written a little bit better test. But again, I mean, I had one that's a 70 and the other one is 65 uh, and another one is 67. So, but all in all, I was super happy. Um, uh, obviously, you know, as riders, we always want to do the best, and and I wanted to do a little bit better on the fourth level, uh, as far as having a better ride. But I think it was pretty, pretty good, consistent, and I was super happy with the third level ride. So, um, fifth level, I mean, fifth mm-hmm. position on both third and fourth for my first time uh, on the open division. Even though I'm not a professional, I think that was uh, to me that's. That was great. I was really, really proud of of, of uh, Superman with that. 
That sounds like that sounds like pretty good results, and with a little bit of room to go home and have some some stuff to work on, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, actually, right after the uh, regionals, I didn't think I was. I, I didn't know if I was going to be going to final. So for first time, I was working the Piaf and the one ten piece uh, for first time in Superman's slide. So I didn't know how he was going to take that, and I was quite surprised that those two things are his favorite things at the moment. Um, okay. So yeah. We got out to two, <laughs> seven, two seven yes. one ten two. Yeah, yeah. He loves it. He loves them. And so um, the Piaf is something that he that I actually he surprised me how good he he likes it and how good he does it. Uh, well, and then the same thing with the one ten piece. I started one two three, and then uh, he's doing now seven. Uh, I mean, I haven't tried obviously <laughs> for like one uh, the, the same week of the finals, but. So there is plenty of room for improvement on both his and my part. Uh, so I think by next year, Charlie's motor is going to be um, is going to be what I'm going to be doing and getting ready for the Grand Prix, hopefully. Well, I, Marta, I have a question for you. You are, and, and both you, you two, you guys have two growing adorable little boys. So how do you balance mm-hmm. Marta riding and teaching and, and your business? How do you do that with your two little ones? Well, it, it helps to live in the property, no? Uh, my horses are in front of, my barn is in front of my house. So um, I start really, really early. At 7 o'clock, I'm on the horse. And I'm lucky to have a, a beautiful nanny with her kids as well. And we manage to have her at home uh, when I'm working. So she can help me with my kids. But for sure, in the evening, you know, at 5 o'clock, I call it a day. And I'm a mom, 100% for them. Uh, so whatever I have to do, I need to manage to do it before 5 o'clock. And uh, it makes my life really impressed, like amazing. I didn't know I could love as much as I do now, thanks to them. And um makes you appreciate more actually your riding in the mornings, you know, because you take a break in the evening with your kids and you see the life with a little bit of further perspective. Uh, I used to be a workaholic, and I, I still am, but uh, I take a break in the evenings uh, thanks to them. Mm-hmm. So uh, they manage my life in a better way. I think uh, I'm a little bit more solid in my brain before I was too obsessed about horses all the time, no? Uh, so uh, they they bring the best out of me. So I'm very happy I have my kids. <laughs> Fantastic. Nice. Um, Marta, I was just going to ask you what what's the plans for uh, for your winter? I know that sometimes you head to Florida to do some competitions there. What what will you what will you be up to? Well, I'm very excited about being a citizen because it opens a lot of doors, and I was reading a lot about uh, the festival, the U.S. festival, and I have a you know turning seven years old and turning eight years old and a six years old. A horse that I they are really talented so uh, we hope to work through the scores to go to the U.S. festival because I think it's another amazing competition that I should uh, try to be there um, and of course there's always the city ice in Florida that as much as I can I want to be there more I, I have to still run my business and be with my family so uh, for me being in Florida is a treat 
uh, that I do for as much as I can, maybe a couple of weeks or three weeks if I can. Uh, but uh, I will work hard to to be in the in the U.S. festival, uh, hopefully, uh, with the long-term horses that I have right now. That's fantastic. Well, Marta and and Nars, thank you both so much for coming on the show and telling us your story. It's such a cool story, and you know we forget that with the U.S. finals that. You know, I don't even think about it, but for you guys, it was such a big hurdle to make it happen and to get to get there. So we are so happy that you were able to come. And um, how can our listeners find you online if they are interested in your business? Our place is in Houston, uh, Woodlands Equestrian Club. And uh, we, we do have a lot of sale horses at uh, europeandressashorses.com uh, that I do present myself always. And... Uh, of course, there is martarenilla.com, my private website. Uh, but uh, we are uh, Houston people in Texas, and uh, I'm very happy to to live in Texas. I love Houston. <laughs> yeah, especially especially right now because it's snowing where Philip and I are for sure. Uh, very nice. <laughs> Pretty cold here, yeah. though. It's yeah. like on the forties here too for That's Houston. Cold. Everybody's freaking oh, out. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. What Thank you both so much for coming on and we look forward to having you in your future and seeing how your first festival of champions, we've got our fingers and toes crossed for you next year. So thank you both for coming on. Well, thank thank you you so much much and uh, congratulations for the great show you guys have because I typically follow it and I enjoy you guys a lot. So thank you and congratulations. Oh, thanks. We'd love it that you listen. I knew you were a listener, so I was like, yes, we're so happy that you were able to come on. So it's a lot of fun. Well, thanks so much, guys, and we'll keep in touch. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, Total Saddle Fit has the cinch that you've been looking for for your Western dressage saddle. The shoulder relief cinch actually changes the position and angle of the billets to prevent the saddle tree from interfering with the shoulder. The center of the cinch is set forward to sit in the horse's natural girth groove, while the sides of the cinch are cut back to meet the billets two inches behind where the horse's natural girth groove lies. This brings the latigos from angling forward to becoming perpendicular to the ground, which reduces the saddle's tendency to be pulled forward into the shoulders. With horses that have shoulder interference without angled billets, it simply moves the billets back to keep the saddle further away from the shoulders. The secondary benefit to this shape is the cutback at the elbows. This gives more room for elbow movement as well and prevents galls in the elbow area. You can find the shoulder relief cinch at totalsaddlefit.com. That's totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Phil, you've got a great update for the Total Saddle Fit products this week. What you got going on? Well, actually, we were doing saddle fittings this week. I you know, like to have my saddle fitter out twice a year sort of thing, and she came out, and um, she knows that um, I used she, the, the saddle fit girths and, and all those products, and, and she said to me, you know, like, hey, Phil, like, you know, are you kind of like, are you still, you know, liking these girths and all these things? And I said, yes, of course, you know, you can see how well they, how well they get used and all the horses and so on and so forth. And she said, well, you know, she was really excited that, um, they started carrying in 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 our local tax store the all the total saddle fit products, and she was just saying how popular they were and how she, you know, being a saddle fitter, really liked how 
she can endorse a great product and it helps uh, all the saddles fit a little bit better and that they're not super expensive. Like, you know, they carry everything there, right? So they're all, all different lines of products. And she was just extolling the virtues of all the total saddle fit stuff. And I said to her, well, I've been telling you about these things for a couple of years. Why did it take so long? to get them in the stores and she grumbled a bit and said something about the boss or something or other, but now they carry them at, at you know, at bar salary, which is a huge, um, store that local to me. And, and, I'm you know, really happy and, and really, uh, feeling great about her also endorsing the products. And, uh, it's a feel good story. I love it. That is so cool. Well, expanding into more stores. I love it. Well, as always, if you have any questions about the Total Saddle Fit products, the totalsaddlefit.com website's a great way. And Justin, uh, who's also there, is fantastic. So great company and fantastic products. And we're glad you're getting them in Canada. That's fantastic. And Phil, for this Total Saddle Fit tip of the week, we um, asked Bridget to stay on uh, to do a tip for us. So we're really excited to share that with you. Well, we are so happy this week that Bridget Hay, who is actually USDF Horse of the Year at I2 with her Phelan, she stayed on the line to give us our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. Bridget, thanks for staying on. You're welcome. Hello again. <laughs> Hello. But we, we were just talking off air. And really, congratulations on the I2 Horse of the Year. That is amazing. Very cool. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so proud of that boy. He's done a lot this year. He's blown my mind. Awesome. And you bred him. And so it's even, it's even better. So I love it. I love it. Well, you have a great uh, trainer tip for us today. What, what you got for us? All right. So this, my tip is, especially for this winter, when you're working stuck inside is lateral exercises for suppleness and lateral exercises for straightness and which ones you can use for each. For straightness, we like to use shoulder in leg yield to work on straightness and getting the horse into the outside rein. And then I would use more Ronver and Tronver, Tronver, Ronver and Traver for more suppling and bend through their body. And then as you work on it, you can then make it a little bit harder by taking each movement to the quarter line or the center line or then, or even trying it on a circle to really challenge themselves. So maybe you can first explain to us how doing a leg yield will help to make your horse more straight. Okay, so it's basically from when you're pushing the horse off your inside leg and towards your outside rein and leg, you would start it on the quarter line, a basic leg yield to go towards the wall, but you would want to catch the, you would want to watch that the outside shoulder doesn't bulge and that they don't lose that shoulder. And if you're lucky and you're in an indoor with mirrors, you can look straight ahead and see that you stay parallel to the long side and you don't lose the left, the opposite, well, say you're moving off the right leg, then you would lose the left shoulder but you would keep them parallel to the wall, but then you would catch them in your outside aids, your outside rein and leg and ride a straight line. Once you hit the track, actually you could put them in a slight shoulder four to keep them straighter. No, I think that that's absolutely right. And you can get kind of more weight into your outside rein uh, and your outside leg aids. So can you tell us a little bit about the suppleness? I love that idea of Romver and Traver. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how, how does that, especially like on the quarter line, like you started talking about, how does that change things for you? It challenges them a little bit more because so sometimes if you're in a shoulder in, they would lose the outside shoulder. You can, I find it is actually easier sometimes to switch them to trial there. And especially young horse starts to get way more supple through their bodies. And then as they start to let go, 
you know, in their backs, I find that their trots also start to open up. So yeah. to me, I use each each exercise depending on what the horse feels like underneath me. Yeah, but no, I think that that's track, exactly harder, right. Of course. Yeah, it is harder I mean, because you know, you know the the wall in that case, right, is acting sort of like a just a little bit of a helper or a you know a a little barrier. Oh yeah, which is quite nice. Yes, a guiding, definitely. I call it a guiding influence. Oh, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then and then I, I try that. and tell people that that you know when you do when you do it off the wall that the rider has to be the guider the guiding influence and then it kind of kind of gives the idea that um you know of a basic shoulder in traver uh, ronver into a more sophisticated one where the rider is now more responsible for all the pieces of the horse. I think that you know all the all the lateral moves are only to get you know for the rider to be able to um, influence the shoulder and the hind leg differently and to be aware of these things so that you can develop oh, yeah. straightness later on. I mean, I, I think it's just, you know, we, we don't really like to ride our horses, you know, sideways cause they get kind of crooked, but through, through training them, you know, that's why straightness is pretty far up on the training scale because you have to go through yeah. suppling the horse to be able to be aware and the horse be aware of where all the legs are. And then you can kind of put them where you want. And obviously, hind legs underneath the front legs, and now you've got collection. Mm-hmm. See, it yeah. all works like it's that. So easy to do it's four so tracks. Easy. It's so easy. To, <laughs> yes. To, yeah, it's so it's easy. It's so easy to to do four tracks on a quarter line instead of three, because you don't have that wall to help you. So it also helps if you have the mirror. Yeah. Because the and rider's got to be held. I was in a that. clinic <laughs> a couple weeks ago, and, and one of the exercises we were doing was actually shoulder in. Um, so we were on the quarter line. Let's say we were tracking to the mm-hmm. right, but we were doing shoulder in left. So it was really helping me get the horses solid in the right rein. Um, mm-hmm. so, shockingly, I was having trouble with on both my horses. Huh, I wonder why that is. Uh, <laughs> so obviously, it was something what I was doing, and the shoulder in on the quarter line was such a helpful movement. It was like, oh, okay. And I could really feel the horse take, take what at that point was my outside rein, but was also my inside rein if I changed the bend. Um, so just right. another application of, of a shoulder in. And I don't know if I had done that or hadn't done it in a while. Uh, and I was like, oh, that was so smart and so so helpful. So that was really cool. So uh, there's always yep. always different applications for, for every one of these exercises, different places in the arena. And like you said, on a bending line and a circle is more difficult. So there's lots of oh, things yeah. that can make it more and more challenging. But, you know, I think you're, the basic accountable. Yes. Being the yeah. guiding influence. Yeah, it's, I like that, Phil, the guiding influence. That's fantastic. Well, Bridget, thank you so much for your time tonight. We have, we've stolen you for a while and we really appreciate all your time and uh, your total saddle oh, fit welcome. tip of the week. We appreciate it. How thank can our you. listeners find thank us so to find you online? Oh, we love it. Anytime. Well, thanks for having me. The best way to get me is on my own personal Facebook page, which is just my name. Bridget Hay, and yeah, I don't have a website, so but you, you can find me on there. It's public; anybody can find it. So perfect. Thank Thanks, you so Bridget. Much. We'll see you soon. You get that horse of the year trophy. Yes, we'll see you in Salt Lake City. Absolutely. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. 
Well, as always, we love your email and Facebook shout outs. They make our day. So keep them coming. And you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is on Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we will talk to you next week. <laughs> 